of others that seek this time. Uh, all right, you have your Bibles. Turn with me to the uh, 42nd Psalm, if you would. Let's all stand as we honor God's Word by standing. 42nd Psalm. I'm only going to read a couple of three verses, and or actually a couple of verses. I'm going to be preaching on these two verses. My message, I'm, I don't have a long message for this afternoon like I had this morning, uh, but um, it'll be long enough. But anyway, um, in, in 42nd Psalm, in the seventh verse, it says, Deep calleth unto deep at the noise of thy water spouts. All thy waves and billows are gone over me. Yet the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime. In the night his song shall be with me. And my prayer unto God of my life. Gracious Heavenly Father, thank you for everything. Thank you for taking care of us. And Lord, we know that whenever time comes, we need it. We know you're there. And as I've said Many times over the years, and that Lord, uh, I'm thankful that you're beside my side, and Lord, don't ever leave it because I need you every day. And Lord, I just pray that you'll go with those that are here. We pray for those families that are bereaved. Pray for those that are sick, Lord. We we know that you know uh, who they are, and we know that you know what they need. And Lord, I just pray that you'll lay your hand on them and. And might heal their them, them, Lord. It's, there's so many that are sick in this day and time. Lord, we think of all those um, uh, people that have this new disease that they've got out, the coronavirus. Lord, we we know that um, this is another one of them, and there's been many of those over the years. And Lord, I pray that you'll protect all of us. And, Take care of us, Lord, and most of all, Lord, I just pray that you'll let us know that you're near and that you're there if we need you. For it's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. title of this message I've got this afternoon is The Waves and the Billows. The Waves and the Billows. The story is told... Of a father. Now, whether these stories are true or not, I don't know. But these were these were stories that uh, other preachers have told down through the years. The story is told of a father who had a little boy in whom his very soul was bound up. It was told that the boy needed to undergo a serious operation. With his own hands, he laid the little boy on the operating table. The doctors administered the anesthetic, the father clasping the boy's hand while his heart quivered with agony. The brave little boy whispered before he fell unconscious, It's all right, Daddy. Well, the story, this story teaches us that often we are called to pain and suffering it may be anything you know i've I've seen people go through some pain and suffering sometimes for years, 
And uh, we, uh, oftentimes we're called for that. We're called to that. We're called to have that happen to us. Pain and suffering. You're not going to get out of this world without it. It doesn't make any difference who you are. You're not going to get out of this world without it. That's, that always amazed me about Brother Ed with the sickness he had. He felt, he always said he never had any pain. But, uh, we know that, uh, I know that Brother Ed's legs had already died on him. And, uh, and certain things. And so, uh, he, uh, but, uh, we're, we're going to suffer. God has ordained that we're, we're to have pain and suffer and sorrow. May we, at such times, look up to God and say with a heart full of grace, it's all right, Father. It's okay. We know that even so, Father, for it seems good in thy sight. You know, can we, can we say those things today? Can we say, or, or, or are we just going to lay around somewhere and complain and carry on because we don't feel good? Because there's something wrong. Is it, is it, is it for us to understand that even so, Father, for it seems good in thy sight? You know, it's, uh, we know God brings good to us for our own good. Sometimes he brings bad things to us for our own good. And he does it for his glory and his honor. You know, don't ever forget who, <coughs> who it is that, that, uh, is over, oversees these things. That is, if you're one of his children. You know, I've often said many times over the years how in the world through lost people get by. I just don't understand it. I don't see how they get through their pain and suffering. I guess they get drunk and stay drunk or something like that. I don't know what it is, but um, how they overcome it. This 42nd Psalm is a psalm of comfort and consolation. It was written either during David's exile from Jerusalem or during Israel's captivity in Babylon. We don't know which, but it was either one of the two. When David wrote this psalm, it's a psalm of, of comfort and a psalm of consolation. If you want to read a psalm that gives comfort and, and, and consolation, then you want to read this psalm. You want to study it. You want to go over and look at it. The two verses I read are two of the main verses in there, and we're going to talk about those in just a minute. <clears throat> the text that we read was of one who was submerged by sorrow. David was submerged by sorrow. Whatever brought it on, he was submerged by sorrow. There is always help when we find ourselves submerged in much sorrow over many things, such as the death of a loved one and those type of things. We find ourselves in a lot of sorrow. You know, we... We, 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 we feel it's better for God to have them, but we still doesn't mean that we don't miss them. Still, still doesn't mean that we, we don't, uh, stay in agony sometimes over the fact that, that they're gone. You know, we, in, in a lot of cases, we need them. We needed them. You know, and, uh, and I realize that. I know a lot of things. I've seen people that have passed away in churches I've pastored in. And, and and you need them, you need them not 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 just to sit in the pew. You need them, you need them for a lot of a lot of different things. 
So sorrow usually follows the, the death of a loved one. Job found himself in such sorrow, for he lost his family, he lost his wealth, even his own health. Job, Job cried unto Jehovah, God for comfort. He cried unto God for comfort. God, oh God, I, I, I need your comfort. I, I'm just paraphrasing. He cried unto God for comfort. David saw that it was very important for him to cry. He said, deep calleth unto deep. He said, all the waves and thy billows are gone over me. Deep calleth unto deep. That's uh, God's deep. And sometimes our sorrow is deep. Sometimes our pain is deep. You know, deep calleth unto deep. God's deep. You know, God, God is deep and, you know, I've often, I've often said many times I'd rather have somebody praying for me that can reach God than somebody just praying for me. That's, uh, that's the key to it there. Uh, that's what, uh, David, in his sorrow, he said, deep calleth unto deep. But he makes a statement here that shows the depth of his agony. He says, all the ways and thy billows are gone over me. Now, we know God has billions and billions of waves that comes in concerning concern the ocean. That's what he's referring to here. God, God has many, many ways, but David's sorrow for whatever it was, whether it was for David's exile from Jerusalem or, or during Israel's captivity in Babylon, Whatever the depth of David's sorrow was, it was as if God ever, ever wave of the ocean had flown over him, flew, flow, flowed over him. Every, every one of them and the billows. We'll talk about the billow in just a minute. And he said, all the waves and thy billows are gone over me. When one wave follows another wave, this is a serious sorrow. You know, you, you might, uh, I, I remember a few years back, some of you might remember it, uh, a, a man passed away and his wife passed away two days after him. And you wonder how that family got by. You wonder, I, I happened to know their daughter and I wondered how she got by, how she ever got by that. You know, my, my dad, my dad passed away and five years later my mother passed away. And about uh, 15 years later, my sister passed away. I had a brother that passed away in 1955, or 50, yeah, 50, no, 56. And uh, as many years between the time that my dad passed away and my brother passed away. But, uh, you know, you, you have some time to heal when it's like that. But when, when those billows come on you, those waves come on you, one right after another, you know, and you can't get out of the way of them. You can't get away from them. Uh, that's a that's a terrible deep to be in. <clears throat> it's one thing for the ways to follow another, but quite another when the billows of wind comes with them. Now we know we know what the wind will do to the ocean. The wind will disturb an ocean. I don't I, I don't know how many of you. I go home when I go, when I leave the Walmart store, which Rhonda's got me going there quite often. 
when I leave the Walmart store, and then she don't feed me. Oh, I'm better hush. But anyway, it goes over, and I'll leave the Walmart store, and I'll go by the pond out there at the tech school. And when that wind's up, you know that it's got white, it's got white waves on that pond. White caps. Yeah, white, white, yeah, white caps on that pond whenever, when, whenever the wind's blowing real hard, even on that little pond. And I guess it does on the pond out there with Neil and Becky's. Yeah, you, you have those white caps that come up and the, the billows, the billows of wind blow hard. And when the billows of wind blow hard, that makes the waves more constant. And so when David was saying, all the waves and thy billows are gone over me, he, he really, he really feels that that's exactly what's happening to him, even though that's impossible because God has been putting those waves and sending the wind behind those waves for uh, ever since he uh, created world, ever since he created water, I guess. It has been going over it. But um, David said it feels like all of them. I mean, you, you, you ever get down like that? You ever get down that deep? It's rough. It really is. And I know that. I know it's rough. I, I don't know that I've ever been down that deep. But I know that I have had times when I was very sorrow about things. But um, all thy boys and billows, um, this makes for huge waves. The billows do strong enough to overwhelm the per- a person. David said, all thy waves and billows are gone over me. Though it wasn't all the waves and all the billows, but it seemed so to David who was so sorrowful that he felt that he could not overcome it. He could never, he could never get out of it, never overcome it. You know, uh, I think about people who are in pain for many, many years. It's just, uh, I think about that woman in the scriptures that had that issue for all those years, that man that was at the, at the, uh, at the waterside there in Bethel. The man that was at the waterside there, Bathsheba, I mean. This man, this man, uh, we've been there for 38 years. Been suffering. And, you know, it's, it's amazing. I was talking to a man one time that had an issue. And he said he'd been suffering with it for over 50 years. Now, you know, we, we need to be thankful. <clears throat> We need to be thankful that sometimes those things leave. We need, we need to be thankful that sometimes God lets them, lets them end, but sometimes He doesn't. Just like hail. Hail's gonna be like billows of, of chastisement, billows of wrath of God. It's gonna just keep coming constantly, constantly, constantly. You're not gonna be able to overcome them. You're going, you're going to say, well, maybe I'll wake up, but you're not going to. You say, maybe I'll come to sometime. Things will be better, but you, it won't. It's not going to happen. Well, David felt that very same way. When he felt like the deep was calling unto the deep, he said, he said, God is deep. God is deep in what he can do for you, to you. But man is also deep in, in, in getting so deep into it that he cries unto God to the great depths to ask for help, for help for pain. How many times do we think 
we can never overcome what has happened to us. Remember Jesus on Calvary's tree cried unto the Father, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? You know, Jesus felt alone. He felt God had left him. That's the reason you'll hear me say, you know, God don't ever leave me. Jesus, you left your son, God, don't ever leave me. He's promised that. He's promised he'll never leave us nor forsake us. Don't ever leave me. But he forsook his son. He turned his very face upon his son. And his son cried out, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? You know, God could have sent a legion of angels and taken him down off that tree any time he wanted to. God could have God could have overcome all those those nails in his hand and, and nails in his feet. God could have overcome all that. But he didn't. He didn't. That's where we that's where we that's about where we are in the fifty third chapter of the book of Isaiah. In in the fifty third third chapter of Isaiah, turn over with me. I've been reading it in the mornings. Uh it's fifty third chapter. It says in the 10th verse, I'm just going to read this one tenth verse because I'm going to finish reading this out next Sunday morning. But this 10th verse says, Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. Now you've got a father sitting up there that loves his son. You've got a son that's hanging on a tree and suffering. And the father turns his very head upon his son. Not one of you in here you would do that. You wouldn't do that. You wouldn't do that for your own children. You wouldn't turn it up on. I mean, I've, I've had people have, have threatened their children. They've told them, they said, don't call me anymore. You know, I don't want to hear about it anymore. But they do. And they do want to hear about it. You know, don't, don't ever think that no mother or father in here doesn't want to know about the travail of their children. But God, the Bible says, but it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief when thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin. He shall see his seed. He shall prolong, he, he shall prolong his days. And the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Oh boy. I tell you, the Lord... It pleased the Lord to bruise him. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Uh, he was suffering on, he was suffering on that tree. I, I, there's a book, I've got a book in my library written by a medical doctor. And he wrote in that book every possible pain that Jesus had when he was nailed to that tree. Every possible pain that he had. You, you just think about it. You know, Brother Sam knows about these things. And, you know, in Vietnam, they they put them kids, them boys down in baskets, down in uh, uh, bamboo crates, and drop them down in the Mekong Delta there in the, in the, in the river. And when the, when the tide would come in, them boys would be up the top there trying to breathe. When the tide would go out, they'd get some relief. And some of, some of them stayed there for years and years. I tell you folks, my uncle told about the Japanese. He said the Japanese would capture someone and they'd file their teeth off. 
file their teeth off right down to their gums. And then they would spray cold water in their mouth every day. He said the pain was excruciating. And you, you can you can just think about those things. You, you just think about what, what can happen and what does happen. You know... Uh, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? But it pleased the Father to bruise him. I, I, I have a hard time putting those two things together. I really do. I have a hard time putting them together. That's, uh, that's I, I've told you about Ann Landers, the answer she gave that time. Some woman wrote into her, her son was killed in Vietnam. And, and a woman wrote into Ann Landers, says, where was God? when my son was killed in Vietnam. And Landers wrote back to him and said he's the same place he was when they killed his son. Now think about that. I tell you, it's uh, just remember, just remember when Jesus hanged there on that tree, he had all of our sins upon him. It's like the scapegoat. Every sin that we've ever committed, he had upon him. Every sin that we've ever will commit, he had upon him. You remember the scapegoat in the desert. They chose two goats. One of them they sacrificed. The other one, they put the sins of all the people upon that scapegoat, and they sent him out in the desert to die. Well, Jesus had all of our sins upon him. He had the weight of every sin that we've ever committed upon him because he was hanged on that cross as a sinner though he never committed a sin. He was hanged on that cross for you and me or that tree for you and me. But yet, but yet sometimes I think we forget it. We forget how he suffered. Just like David. David was a type of Christ. He said, all the ways, all of thy ways and thy billows are gone over me. Lord, I need your help. Lord, I need your comfort. I need you beside my side right now, Lord. <clears throat> I'm suffering. <clears throat> well, Jesus did that for you and me. My sins were enough to weigh him down. He had all the sins of all the elect upon him. From the Old Testament all the way through the New Testament. He had all the sins up on him. Let us never exaggerate the hurt of another. Just remember, ways and winds obey his voice and his will. We may question God at times, but we must always remember everything done by God is caused by his plan and purpose. God planned and purposed that. You'll say, well, why should I hurt? God planned and purposed that. He sure did. I, I don't care who you are, where you are, where you was raised, where you've been. God planned and purposed everything that comes up on you. He planned and purposed it. You'll say, well, I did that to myself. No, you didn't. You did it to yourself because God had planned and purposed it like that. Some people said, well, they died early. No, they didn't. They died exactly when God planned and purposed for them to die. They got killed in a car wreck. Can you say, can you say, preacher, that they were killed in a car wreck, that 
God plan and purpose, he sure did. That this boy that was just killed out there, what we said, 16, 17 years old, 16 years old, God planned and purposed that. Oh, what kind of God do we serve? We serve a sovereign God who has everything laid out for you and me. And why, and sometimes why these things happen to us, we, we don't understand them. We may question God at times, but we must always remember everything done by God is caused by His plan and purpose. Someday God will reveal why He does what He does, but not now. Someday when we, when we enter the portals of heaven and we see all the glory and, and, and all the honor of the Father there, we'll understand why He did it. We'll, we'll, we'll forget about all that down here. You won't, you won't, you won't have any more of that down here. You won't have any suffering. You won't have any tears. You won't have any pain. These old feet of mine that's hurting right now, they won't hurt anymore. Gary, you'll, you'll have two nice kidneys. Won't hurt anymore. My knees won't hurt anymore. My hands won't hurt anymore. I won't have to eat if I don't want to. Won't hurt anymore. It'll be all gone. All of that'll be gone. All that'll be over. And I'm not saying that, and I know some people make statements that they're not suffering anymore, but that's, sometimes that's not true. Because we know that those saints that were under the altar in, in the sixth chapter of the book of Revelation said, How long, O Lord, are you going to avenge our our blood uh, I mean the blood of of the, those that are left here on the earth how long are you going to avenge their blood upon us a lot, a lot more up there than we realize there are you know we can sit here and easily say well boy they're not suffering anymore but we don't know those saints were suffering and Jesus told them they said how long are you going to avenge our blood Jesus said until those that are those that are um, that that are that are uh, martyred are to be martyred. He said, "When when all of those are martyred to be martyred, then we won't avenge your blood. Won't be avenged anymore." They were in heaven, but yet they were still suffering. So you see, until God cleans off this earth, until God cleans this earth off completely. Gets rid of everything. We don't know what's going to take place, taking place up there. But when all that has happened, all that is done, you know, there may be some saint up there right now waiting for God to take us. You think, I think brother Joe Wilson said it one day about his son. Go runs out every day to see if his daddy's on that, that next train. Well, let me tell you, folks. Why would his daddy? Why would why would he be on another train looking for his daddy if he didn't one sorrow that he was away from his daddy, his his family? Let me tell you, folks. We got a lot to learn. We got a lot to learn. We got a lot to learn someday. You know, someday it may not be just exactly the way we think it is, and then we're going we blame God. But God knows what he's doing. He knows why he's doing it. Let me teach you something today. 
God does what He does to bring out the hidden grace which He has given us. You know, God's given us grace to face things. Believe me, I know that. I know that. When I passed out that ball game, I tell you, God gave me more grace than you can imagine. When they didn't know what, why I passed out and what was wrong with me, why I was doing what I was doing, you know. God gives you grace. God gave me grace yesterday. Gave me grace yesterday. I didn't, I wouldn't, you know, I passed out, but God gave me grace. Every true born again child of God has these hidden graces. Let me also teach you that the ripest saints are the ones who always suffer the most. Say that again. The ripest saints are always the ones that suffer the most. What is a ripe saint? That's a saint that truly is trusting the Lord as they should, living as they should, going as they should, doing as they should. That's a ripe saint. But God's going God's to work on them more than he does anybody. Had a lady tell me one time she hadn't been chastised in 26 years. I told her, I said, well, then you're, you're, you're hurting because the Bible says God chastises every child he has. Since she hadn't been chastised in 26, 27 years, 26 years, I believe it was. 26 years, because I told her, I said, seven years from now, you'll be just exactly like Lord Jesus Christ. Because he went 33 years, never committed a sin. So, you know, it's sad. It was the great Apostle Paul who said, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Why didn't he just say, just work out your own salvation? No, he said, do it with fear and trembling. Do it with fear and sorrow. Do it with fear and agony. Do it with fear. Work it out with fear and agony. Because that's the reason I say, if you're saved today, it's going to come. You might think you got by if you're saved. You might think you got by. You can sit there and you can, you can bow up at anybody that says anything to you. But let me tell you, you didn't get by. You didn't get by. Because if you're saved, God's going to come knocking on your door. I'm here. I'm ready. Let's go. Get him, get him, get him, fellas. Get him, get him. Put them handcuffs on him. Take him down. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna work him over. It's gonna come someday. You can sit there and bow up all you want to when somebody's preaching to you about your sins and what you're doing, what you shouldn't be doing. But it's coming. It's coming. I'm telling you, it's coming. You may not be one of the ripest saints and you may think you got by, but it's coming. You know, we sit and we stand in agony when some poor saint is, 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 is chastised or, or has to suffer. Now we, we sit in agony. Why, why are they doing it? Why, why wasn't it me? I preached a baby's funeral one time. Baby was about 18 months old. And, uh, and I had visited with the mother and father. 
before the baby was ever born. And when the baby died, they called me to come preach his funeral. I walked in that funeral home there in Cynthiana, Kentucky. I was just a young preacher, very young. Yeah, one time I was young. Y'all might think I wasn't, but I was. Very young preacher. I walked in, looked in that casket, and I said, Lord, why couldn't that be me? I was only about 23, 24 years old. But I said, why couldn't that be me? Why this, why this little, why this little baby? Why this little baby? Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. You're not going to get by. You're going to say, I'm working my salvation out every day. You know, I go to church when I can. I give when I can. I do this when I can. Do that when I can. But you do a lot of things you shouldn't do. You do a lot of things you shouldn't do and you suffer because of them. I just heard a mother say just a while ago, I want my daughter to be in church every Sunday. Why do we suffer? I want my children in church, my grandchildren in church every every time the door is open, but I don't always get that. Why? Why do we do this? It is God that worketh in you. Why is it that we're to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling? Because it's God that works in us to do what he sees fit to do. God, God makes the image of his love for you by bringing wave after wave with fierce wind coming over you. This is why it's important to bear his likeness at all times because those fierce waves will come. If you're lost, they're definitely going to come. If you're saved, they're definitely going to come. Those fierce waves are going to come. Let me conclude. The waves and the billows wash out the dross which we have let accumulate in our lives. Washes it all out, cleans it. You ever see them refined gold or silver? All the old dross comes to the top. That's what happens when God sends the billows over us, the waves and the billows over us constantly in our life. All right, let's uh, go on into our business meeting.